Greetings, youth workers. Glad you could join me for another episode of the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps you motivated and keeps your youth ministry moving forward. I'm your host, Paul Turner of thedisciplesproject.net. Glad you could join me today. I hope that you're excited for another episode here, and uh, it is going to be a great topic because we're going to be talking about evaluating your youth ministry and how you can best evaluate it to make the best positive changes you can make. But before I jump into this week's episode, I do want to talk to you about that uh, I am, or reminding you, I I believe I said it in the last episode, uh, that I'm opening up another night of coaching on Tuesday, September 10th through November 19th. That is six one-hour sessions to talk about how to make your youth group grow, improving your leadership skills, how to handle church politics, uh, whatever area really that you want to grow in, we're going to talk about. And listen, I'll put a link in the show notes below. But before you click that link, let me just invite you to ask yourself, what if I do nothing? What if I don't get coaching? You know, what if I don't get the help I need? What if I don't get somebody to help and guide me? Then ask, well, what if I do? How will I improve? What will I learn that will help me minister to the students and the church better? That's what I want you to do. That's all. That's really what this episode's about. It's about evaluation. So I want you to evaluate yourself and where you're at in the ministry and then say, listen, how can I benefit from this coaching? Or if I don't get coaching, where am I going to be at a year from now? So go ahead and take the time think about it, pray about it. And I'm going to put a link down there that if you are wanting some coaching for the next six weeks, that's six hours, that's me and you and a few others having a conversation in community about getting better, whether that's leadership, whether that's group dynamics, whatever it may be, we're going to talk about whatever it is you want to do to improve yourself and get better at ministering to kids. All right. So, that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic, which is evaluating your youth ministry. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, listen, that's attributed to Socrates. We don't know official if he said it, but he's the closest one to it. So, but I think that's such a valuable uh, statement, you know, but I would add to that, that the unexamined youth ministry is not worth living running. That if we're not looking at our youth ministry and saying, hey, you know what, we've been doing this for 10 years or a week or six months, and we're not evaluating it, then we're putting ourselves in a position where things can get stale, where things can begin to drop off. And then suddenly we're asking, well, why did that happen? And I believe the reason is, is because we're not evaluating, we're not examining it, we're not looking at certain things that could improve our youth ministry. So let me give you three ways that you can begin to start right now in evaluating your youth ministry. Now, part of this is evaluating yourself, which we're going to get to in a minute. But the first part deals with you and your relationships within the church. See, we all have to evaluate our relationships because stock is always going up and going down. Sometimes it just stays stays the same, but many times our stock is going up and down depending you know, uh, you know, we have our own personal stock market going on, uh, and a lot of that has to do with 
how the how you know how the youth ministry is being run, uh, the success of our last program, um, how many uh, numbers of kids do we have, and all different things. Uh, uh, you know, the stock is up or down depending on who you're talking to. You know, ask yourself this. You know, as part of your evaluating of the youth ministry, begin with your relationships. Is my stock up or down with my pastor? And once again, that's that's all about, you know, uh, have you been showing up to youth, uh, the uh, staff meeting on time? Have you been um, uh, doing the requests that he's been asking? You know, a lot of this all depends on whether we're taking initiative with our pastor that, you know, he's given us tasks to do and are we doing them, you know, or are we going in every week and making excuses as to why we cannot do those things? And I just think it's super important that you evaluate your relationships within the church, starting with your pastor, who, by the way, signs your checks. Uh, the second uh, area you want to look at is your parents, right? Stock up or down, right? And no, normally that depends on how well you're treating their child uh, and and what kind of um, you know uh, demeanor you have with them. Are you leading them? Uh, are you kind to them? Are you welcoming to them? You know, take stock. Look at this. So, which parents are? You know, you say, well, first of all, where's my stock up with certain parents? And that's sometimes based on like, dislike, right? That's just personalities. But then there's also a matter of, well, where if if my stock is up with these parents, why is my stock so high with these parents, but so low with these parents? And and some of it is personality, and some of it's I like you, I don't like you. That's that's part of the deal. But some of it may be some basic principles. Are you treating? A, a child differently? And if so, why not treat that child like this child and see what the outcome would be? Are you spending time with certain kids? Are you um, having conversations? Are you communicating with parents? You know, sometimes we tend to favor, even as youth workers, we favor kids and we say we don't, but that's just not true. We absolutely have favorites. Just like you know, Jesus had favorites. He had Peter, James, and John, took them everywhere and did things with them. You don't hear about that with the other, it's, at least it's not written in scripture uh, about other disciples whom Jesus took around the way he took around Peter, James, and John. So maybe if you're spending a little extra time with little Johnny or uh, finding a volunteer, if you're a male and spend some time with little Susie, uh, you can still take credit for that by saying, look, uh, I'm trying to best minister to your kids, to listen to them, to do those things. But Go and take a look at that. Where is your stock up and down with these parents? And then begin to evaluate that and say, okay, where do I need to put a little more more time in? Where do I need to put a little extra communication in? All those kinds of good things. The third uh, relationship is your students. Where is your stock up and down? Now, if you've had to discipline a student for some reason, well, stock might be down. If uh, uh, you know a kid wins a, a prize or you've spent a little extra time with them or whatever, stock is up. And I think you have to evaluate where you're at with students because those relationships matter. They matter equally as much as your pastor and your parents. So when you're looking at students, say, well, where am I, where am I lacking in my connection with students? How am I, you know, you would begin to evaluate and say, well, what do I need to do? Once again, you can't please everybody. Let me just encourage you. You're not going to please everybody, but that doesn't mean you don't evaluate the relationships and say, well, how can I get my stock a little bit higher without um, you know, uh, compromising some, uh, uh, not belief necessarily, but standard or, or whatever that is. I'm not asking you to, to uh, bend over backwards necessarily, but I am asking you to say, look, where's my stock high with kids? Where is it low? And how do I improve that? 
And the fourth area is the church. What is the church? Where is your stock? Is it up or is it down? And all of these vary in times, seasons. Summer is great, fall not so much. Spring is wonderful, down in the winter, whatever it may be. It's all based on various things. But we as the youth pastors, right? And I say we, myself, including with you, not that I am in full-time youth pastoring anymore, but uh, by all the experience in my 30 years, uh, you know, we'll go through these seasons with people and we just have to evaluate it and say, where am I at and how do I get my stock up? right? Uh, You know, you can get your stock up with your pastor real quick by saying, look, I'm going to grow the youth ministry. And when the numbers are good, uh, things are good. Now, if your pastor doesn't care about numbers, maybe he has a different metric system. Maybe he is uh, evaluating you at a different part. Maybe he's looking for connection. Maybe the youth group, uh, he loves it when the youth group is really tight and family oriented and, and those types of things. He may not care about astronomical numbers, but those are the things that you have to work on as a youth worker to say, okay, how do I then create the dynamics so that my stock goes up? in these folks' eyes because it all matters, right? Uh, so yeah, once again, these things go through uh, you know, seasons. So don't freak out about it if your stock is down. That stock can change, mostly by your action, not by uh, you know some miracle of things that are going on necessarily or the seasons change, but by the actions you take. And you're going to have to decide what actions do I need to take so that my stock goes up with each of these groups in different times and different seasons and how to keep those, you know, uh, those stocks high because they're investing, right? Uh, Parents bring their kids and invest and say, look, I'm dropping my kid off in your youth program. Um, I'm expecting things. Pastor hires you. Uh, There are expectations that you have from that pastor. The church has expectations, right? So these are all your, to some degree, stockholders, right? They're saying, look, we've invested in you. We've given you a job. We've given you authority. We've given you permission. What are you going to do with all those things? So it's our role, your role, to make the stock go up. What, what, what can I do to make uh, this thing more valuable? Now, the second area that I would encourage you to look at is examining uh, your ideas, your program, and your overall youth ministry. I want to give you a system. If you've not done this, and maybe you've never heard of it, it's called the SWOT. And the SWOT uh, stands for Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. And you can just simply write those on, on separate sheet of papers if you want, Uh, You can create a little uh, uh, quadrant, four little boxes, just draw, uh, you know, just a little X down the middle and top left is your strengths and top right is your weakness or bottom, maybe bottom right is your weaknesses. Um, Top right is your opportunities. Bottom left is your threats, right? So you look at that. So So when you're evaluating, and once again, you can evaluate your whole youth ministry or you can take one program. This might be the best idea is take every program you have, whether it's small groups, whether it's your outreach strategy, your discipleship strategy, uh, your main service, uh, or your overall youth ministry, whatever it is. So in strengths, you would write things like, or answer the question, you know, what are we doing well? What is really, what are we really, really good at? Uh, what makes us unique, right? What, what makes us different from every other youth ministry in the community? Um, uh, you know, what are our in-house resources? What do we have? You may say, well, look, we have great volunteers, right? We have, we have uh, uh, a great 
uh, band. We have all those things that we have great people. We have great leaders, student leaders. Uh, what are our, you know, in-house resources? And then you look at and say, well, what are our, what are our external resources that we have? What are strength? Well, we have a super supportive pastor. Uh, we have a great board that supports us. We have a great budget. Uh, those are all strengths, right? That you can write down in that quadrant. Then you go to weaknesses, and then you're asking questions like, well, what do we lack? You know, what are other youth groups doing better than us? Now, once again, that's, when you say that, is it a weakness? Maybe, because if the band down, if the worship, you know, youth group down the street has a kick and worship band and you're, you know, kumbaya it up, you know, in your youth group, well, then you may say, look, we lack you know, a band that can really crush it on a, on a Wednesday night or on a midweek program or whatever it is, you know, what are, what are, and then you say, well, you know, for students, because we believe it's a valuable thing, how do we then work on that, you know, weakness? How do we improve that? Um, where are we limited? You know, you may ask that question and say, well, what are our limitations? We have, well, we don't have enough volunteers or we don't have uh, enough um, small group leaders or whatever it may be. You, you may say, we have to find where our limitations are. And then the last thing you can say, well, what do we offer teenagers? What do we as a youth ministry or what do I as a youth pastor really offer? It, it, or do you have some weaknesses in that area where it says, look, I don't, I don't think I connect with students very well of, of maybe a certain genre of students. Uh, you know, you don't get to connect with emo kids or you don't connect very good with athletes or you don't, you know, what are your weaknesses? That's, and it's okay to do that, by the way. It's okay to look at it. And then you say, I'm not going to focus on my weaknesses. I'm going to focus on my strengths where I'm good at things. And then I'm going to find people to help meet needs uh, to, to, to uh, you know, take up those weaknesses where I'm not very good at, because there's no sense in you trying really hard to get better at your weaknesses, because more than likely, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. It's just not part of you, who you are. And so, you know, you, there's certain skills you can learn and get better a little bit, but you're not going to, you're, you're not going to turn necessarily your weakness into a very big strength that you may have, which may say, look, I really connect really well with athletes. I don't think I'll, you know, ever be as good as that with other kinds of kids or other kinds of, um, uh, genres of kids there. The next uh, one you want to look at is opportunities. Opportunities. Now, opportunities, where can we expand is a good question. What are the opportunities of this program? What are the opportunities of our outreach? What are the opportunities of our small groups, right? Where can we expand? Uh, another question you can ask is what are, wh who are we not reaching but could if we made some changes. You know, every youth ministry wants to grow. Every youth ministry wants to get, you know, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, you're reaching your community with the gospel of Jesus. You want to reach kids. I would hope that you do. And you have to look, well, where are the opportunities? How can I reach more kids? Well, what changes do I have to make? But there are opportunities, but it's going to require you to make some changes in programming, in uh, philosophy, ideology, uh, you know, whatever it is, you have to make some changes to do it. What are the opportunities that you can look at? Um, how can we influence the community's perception of us? You know, uh, teenagers, as you know, uh, are not ranked really high on, uh, you know, some people's scales. And, you know, communities sometimes don't see teenagers as an asset. So how would you change that? What is the opportunity to then change the, per the perception of the community in which you live? Well, one way is you could take some students out and do some service projects and say, look, we're the youth ministry that serves the community. That's unique or that's... Uh, um, um, 
you know, uh, a part of that that says, look, I can change our perception this way. I can, uh, I can change how people in my neighborhood feel about this youth ministry. And if they feel differently about our youth ministry, well, maybe there's some students in there, some parents of students there who says, look, that youth ministry there, man, they really care. They're, they serve people. And I want my kid to be a part of that. And the last area is threats. And you have to look and be honest about these things. What are the threats to the program or the youth ministry? Are those things? Says, look, are other churches moving in? Listen, you know uh, that if a big church or a church is getting bigger and is drawing students to it, is it a threat in the sense of that youth pastor is threatening you? No, it's not personal. None of it's personal, although sometimes we take it personally. It's not personal. It's simply dynamics. It's simply this church has invested X amount of dollars, X amount of people. They're doing things differently than how your adult service does it. And as the adult service goes, so goes the youth ministry most of the time. And so you have to ask, are other churches doing things, which goes back to, hey, look, are other churches doing things differently? How can we, how can we do some of that? Um, another thing is, you know, shifting power inside the youth ministry or church. What are some threats that are that are causing? Say, look, um, you know, maybe you're thinking, okay, well, I have somebody, I have a great small group leader or volunteer, but they're going to college next year, or I have a great leader and they're going to go into the military very soon, or they're or they're moving away, uh, you know, or whatever it is. Say, now that's a threat. It's not threatening to you, but it is a threat to the. Uh, overall growth, or it's a threat to um, dynamics or relationships, or all of those things, and you just look at it and say, well, "Okay, how do then do I uh, how do I then look at this and say, where do I come alongside and start to navigate this to where I can, I can I can start to um, uh, you know move things around to where the threat is decreasing, not increasing, because if we just let it happen, well then you know th- then things occur that maybe we don't." Um, we look then again, the threat is how does the community perceive us, right? That's what another thing is that the threat is that we're seen as just a gimme. Uh, we play a bunch of games, we do a bunch of things, but we're not very service oriented or we're not very uh, welcoming, right? You, you know, you don't need but a, a few students who come to your youth ministry. And the threat is that if we don't have a welcoming community, that's a threat to more kids coming to our youth ministry. And so we have to look at that and say, how do I need to start to change that? Uh, because there's a threat there that's going to keep kids out. And the last thing is on threats is shifting culture, right? What kind of threats in the culture are happening that can derail a student's discipleship or passion for Christ or involvement in church, right? Sports. We we always see sports as a, a threat, don't we, in some ways? Because we say, well, how do we mitigate that? How do we how do we then uh, work around the sports? Because we've got a lot of kids who are involved, whether that's band or uh, sports or extracurricular activities or uh, clubs or whatever it is. We're that's you know that's a, a threat in that regard to to the shifting culture of how schools do their calendars, sports do their calendars. Uh, communities do their calendars, all those kind of things, but also the the culture in of itself. You know what's coming into the culture that's changing things. Number one, I saw this on YouTube the other day that uh, there's a, um, and I'll put this in the in the show notes. It, it was called the Egg, and really, it's number one on trending on YouTube, and it's all about reincarnation. Is that a threat? Well, it is if a kid watches it and 
Maybe we don't, that's not something we've talked about. Uh, does it threaten them in some way? Well, we believe God is good and we believe God takes care of those things, right? We believe God guards hearts and those things. But it's also a threat from a cultural standpoint that if something like that then begins to permeate the culture and then kids start thinking, well, I get, you know, two shots or three shots or 10 shots of life that I just keep coming back, right? Or it's music or it's those things that are culturally, it could be fashion, it could be whatever. And really what you're saying is, look, as far as threats go, we just don't want to be caught flat-footed. So you're always saying, what are some threats that are out there culturally that I may need to deal with, whether that's drugs or new drugs or new alcohol things or new party things or whatever's going on with that, just like vaping came in, right? That was, you know, we were saying, well, we don't really know about that, so we have to investigate and say, is that a a threat to, you know, some kid's health, which they're finding out that it it is. Um, Now, this is the last part here, and this is probably the most important part that you need to evaluate. And this is yourself. This is your leadership. Uh, and, you know, also your youth ministry in regards to how you lead it. It's I'm going to do it in parts A and B. And part A deals with you and uh, the scriptures, right? Because the Bible is our mirror. It is the ultimate evaluation tool. Uh, it's what we look like to see if we match right? To Jesus' example of love, kindness, all that stuff. But it's also a mirror by which we hold our youth ministry up to. How much does our youth ministry look like what we see the early church doing and being? You know, through scripture, we examine our discipleship methods, our our meeting strategy, uh, you know, what goes into a meeting, what, what we should be teaching and to whom to we should we be teaching it. So we hold that up and say, hey, listen, this is this is what we need to look at. This is what we we aspire to, right? It's the ultimate evaluation tool because we are looking looking right into the mirror of Scripture and say, okay, who do I need to be as a leader? Because the Scripture does teach us about what it means to be a leader as well. Uh, You know, we're also looking at from a model perspective, you know, what do we see the early church doing? What, in the, what do we see in the book of Acts? What are we seeing in the, in the Gospels? What do we see Paul writing to the churches? All those things. But on a more personal level, I think this is where we really have to do the gut check, right? This is where we're, and Jesus did this. Jesus said, look, let me read the scripture to you real quick. In in Luke chapter 14, 25 through 33, Jesus is speaking here and says, large crowds were now traveling with Jesus. And he turned and said to them, he's speaking to the crowds here. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. And he gives a great example here, but this is, follow me here a little bit because Jesus is saying, look, it's a gut check for you guys. If you guys are going to follow me, Uh, I'm laying it down here, right? So he says then, and he gives these great examples, says, which of you wishing to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost to see if he has the resources to complete it? Otherwise, if he lays the foundation and is unable to finish the work, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying this man could not finish what he started to build. Or what king on his way to war with another king will not first sit down and consider whether he can engage with 10,000 men, the one coming against him with 20,000? And if he is unable, he will send a delegation while the king is still afar off to ask for terms of peace. In the same way, anyone of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple. Now, this to me is saying, evaluate your heart evaluate your motives, evaluate and examine and say, look, you need to evaluate these things in your followership of Christ. Now, 
How does that apply, Paul, you say? Well, the deal is, is you probably did not ask questions like these when you first started out. You know, you probably didn't say, you know, things like, uh, how much social capital do I have to make a change? Right? You're saying, look, before I make this program shift or before I change something in the program, you know, uh, do I have enough social capital to do this? Will, will do people trust me? Uh, you, you know, you may not think questions like who backs you and who opposes you. You know, you, you go into youth ministry thinking everybody wants this thing to succeed. Not everybody wants it to succeed or wants you to succeed. There's hopefulness, yes, but, but as you've discovered, maybe if you've been in it in any amount of time, you've noticed, <clears throat> once again, stock up and stock down. And, you know, people are saying, I don't like the direction you're going and things like that. And then you have to ask, you know, even with Jesus here, he's asking the question, <clears throat> excuse me, he's asking the question, do you have enough? Do you have enough to finish the building? Do you have enough to, you know, lay the foundation? Do you have, uh, you know, do you have enough to do this? And really what we are, we're, when you evaluate your choices in youth ministry and building programs in uh, any of those things, you have to be able to say, do I have enough? Do I have, a, do I, can I see this thing through? And that's part of the evaluation process. That's where you say, listen, do I have enough resources? Do I have enough guts? Do I have enough time? Do I have enough passion? Do I have a thick enough skin? Do I have the courage? Do I have the determination to see this thing through? And whether that's a program you're running or whether that's the overall youth ministry or whether that's your career, you as a youth worker, do I have what it takes? And you're doing a gut check and saying, look, I have to evaluate this because let me tell you what, if you've not discovered it so far, uh, sometimes the hits, they just keep on coming. Sometimes you have to you know, go through a, a, a down cycle and you have to say, can I endure this down cycle? Do I have enough within me? Is my calling strong enough? Uh, has God called me to do this? And that's all worked out through prayer. That's all worked out through uh, just being silent and being still. Sometimes the best thing is to do nothing in those situations uh, and just let it ride out. But that's the goal, guys. That's the goal is to evaluate ourselves and our youth ministry and using tools and using everything that we have within us to, to part of uh, having a successful youth ministry is evaluation. We have to evaluate our relationships. We have to evaluate the programs we run and do. And then we have to evaluate ourselves in light of our calling and in light of our, our own uh, character to say, look, can I ride this out? Can I do this? And a lot of times youth pastors can't. You know, why Why we see so many youth pastors leave the church or quit is simply because they just could not handle the, um, the aggravation or they couldn't handle um, the negativity or they just found out that they just don't ha- did not have the skill sets to do it. But guys, let me tell you what, the good news is this, that God loves you. God loves your youth ministry, and you have the opportunity to make positive changes in your youth ministry if you'll sit and take the time to evaluate. You know, it's right now, it's September, it's coming up, you know, the school starting, all those things. But in a few short months, it's going to be 2020. Now is a great time to evaluate 
your youth ministry, to begin to sort it out, sort it out with your team, you know, for, sort it out with yourself first. Maybe you do the SWAT by yourself, and then maybe you take two or three of your uh, adult leaders and say, okay, we're going to do this thing together and say, what do we need to look at here? And so guys, I want to thank you guys for coming and hanging out with me. And I hope that you enjoyed uh, the, uh, the episode today. And if you really enjoyed it, would you consider going over to iTunes and leaving a review, maybe a few stars? And uh, I want to thank you guys for just coming and listening. If you're brand new to the podcast, once again, thank you for taking the time to check it out. I hope that you'll be back. And if you're a regular here and you've been listening for quite some time, would love your feedback. Please go over to iTunes. Please, please, please go over there and leave a review. That's the only way I know how you feel about what I'm producing for you. So I need to know these things. So, But that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast today. And I will catch you guys in the next episode.